It's Steelers Week, so we have a special edition of What the Elf Was That? You're listening to the What the Elf Was That? podcast, an iconoclastic look at the latest Cleveland Browns news. The What the Elf Was That? podcast is part of the Fanatical Elves podcast network, a part of the Fans First Sports Network. Here's your host, Joel Cade. Hey everybody, welcome back to What the Elf Was That? We're doing a double edition this week. We talked to you guys already earlier on Tuesday when we had Samuel on. And now, because I've been blessed in my life to know a lot of Steelers fans, I'm bringing back, you've heard him before, my former college roommate, Mr. Brad Hasquin. Say hi, Brad. Hey everybody, how are you guys? Glad to be here. All right, Brad, so remind our audiences, our audience of who you are and what you're about. Uh, played quarterback at uh, at Old Olivet Nazarene University with you, and that's where we met. Um, after that, I graduated a local college here and ended up becoming a high school football coach for 20 years. Gave that up a little bit, and now I'm a part-time PE teacher and part-time real estate agent and full-time chaser of my kids and their athletics. Yeah, I've, I've been there, man, chasing the kids and the athletics. So good for you. So... Let's get down to the nitty-gritty here. What do you think about this game? Do you have any thoughts on the upcoming game here between the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into Cleveland this time? Well, like I, I mentioned earlier, I think we're going to have – this is going to be a bloodbath, and it's going to be no no bars. <laughs> They're going to get after it, and I think it's going to be the <laughs> whoever comes out of the game healthiest. I think this is just going to be a, a major slug slugfest. So who do you think, or which team do you think has the better quarterback? The Browns with Dorian Thompson-Robinson or the Steelers with Kenny Pickett? Is Kenny Pickett playing? Yeah, he's playing. Okay, so who do you um, think has the better quarterback going into this game? I would say, obviously, we would get the nod because we have a little more experience starting behind the behind center, but that's, I'm not convinced that Kenny Pickett's the answer anymore anyway. So, um were yeah, you I think we'll have the advantage, but not by a lot. I'm going to have to agree with you, by the way, just because Dorian Thompson-Robinson is making the second start. And it's going to be his first start that he actually has a game plan written up for him to start. So, Browns fans, in case you've been, like, living under a rock, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson is now out for the season. This was announced, I believe, Tuesday. Um, and he will be having sh- shoulder surgery. And now our season's in the toilet. But... <clears throat> If there's anything we should hang our hats on on Steelers week, it's the fact that the Steelers have actually drawn the blueprint for how to win games and playoff games and Super Bowls with a rookie quarterback. So, Brad, do you remember those times back with Ben Roethlisberger? Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Did you did you follow them when Jerome the Bus Bettis was a part of the team and well, he was actually a St. Louis Ram first when they moved to St. Louis. He was not happy with the move to St. Louis, so the Steel or the Rams traded him to the Steelers. Well, yeah, well, the bus was also a Notre Dame guy. Gotta yeah. give it up for the bus. Number six. Yeah. So this week, what do you expect to think what do you think the Steelers are gonna do on defense to the Browns on offense? Well, I think number one, I, I don't know if Minka Fitzpatrick's playing or not at this point. Um, I don't think he's practiced. So that creates 
communication issues in the back end and hopefully they can get those done but uh they might have to blitz a little bit more and try to actually keep uh quarterback in the pocket because i know he's pretty athletic and can take off and hurt you just like deshaun so i think they're not going to lose a little or a lot in that athletic ability part but they're going to lose obviously the maybe the check downs and not you know the the blitz, the blitz pickups, and the the ability to read the fact that either you know so and so is coming or not coming, that kind of mm-hmm. thing. The experience, you know, that linebacker might be filling this time or might be coming this time. He looks like he's coming, but maybe maybe he's not. Those are the experience factors that I think he's going to miss out on. And yeah, I, I think know the players like the blitz. So, yeah, I think one of the things that the Browns are going to miss is uh, Deshaun Watson's escapability. Like Deshaun Watson can be in a phone booth with four tacklers. And still find a way to get out of that situation. So, how he does that, I don't know. I don't see Dorian Thompson Robinson getting out of that stuff. So that's going to be another trick for the uh, for the Browns' offense is to stay um, on the field and moving. I mean, I think the key, I guess, let's go with uh, keys here real quick. The keys for the Browns' offense is going to be move the ball, right? Move the ball, run the ball. Keep the uh, the chains moving, whether you score or not, simply to keep the Steelers' offense off the field. What do you think is the key here for the Steelers' defense? If they could do one thing, what do you think they need to do against the Browns' offense? Well, absolutely stop the run. I mean, I think, and statistically wise, I'm not on the uh, you know up and up with, but as far as the offensive line of the the uh, Browns, they have a pretty high. Uh, caliber offensive line their their team is pretty good and and if they let them run behind Isaiah, or well Isaiah Ford run behind the offensive line and get rolling that'll be tough to stop the rest of the offense so obviously football one-on-one really is stop the run and if the Steelers can stop the run put them in throwing situations then I think the Steelers defense will win out on that one okay so so let's switch to the other side of the ball all right let's talk about the Browns defense versus the Steelers offense what do you think is going to happen? Just just give me your prediction on what's going to happen in this situation. Well, I'm hoping, I'll predict, that the Steelers' offense will make a play or two just enough to win the game late, as they always do. And I do believe, because you're starting a rookie quarterback, then the, the results should be pretty good for the Steelers. You know, I'm going to get on a little personal anecdote on this. I got in a pick em league, and every time there's a rookie quarterback starting in a pick em league, I pick the other team. And the last two or three times, I've gotten screwed. So I don't know. I mean, like you think conventional wisdom would be they're starting a rookie quarterback, so therefore this team's going to lose. But I don't know if that's like that any, anymore in the NFL when you have some people making some plays. Yeah. Oh, let's talk well, about the Browns. Go ahead. Go ahead. The Browns, the Browns uh, defense is, will make some plays, I'm sure, um, just because I don't think that the Steelers' offense is all that, all that great anyway. So, uh, look, in the last five wins or six wins, I think most of them have come in the fourth quarter by Kenny Pickett finding somebody to make a play late. And we do get our tight end back this week, so hopefully there will be a little more uh, plays up the middle instead of trying to throw everything outside on the perimeter. And so basically you just need to play more like more like uh um oh my gosh I can't think of the guy's name Lamar Jackson you need to play more like Lamar Jackson just throw the ball over the middle 
and run the football and you'll be okay. Well, we got a new starting running back this week too, Jalen Warren starting instead of Najee. So hopefully that'll give us a little spark as well. What's what's going on with yeah, Najee Harris? Well, results. Yeah, okay, so he, he's getting benched is what you're saying. Well, there are two running back systems anyway. They, I won't say they split them statistically wise, but a lot of the times that when it's third and third and four or five or longer, Jalen Warren's coming in anyway because he ends up becoming the screen guy. That um, mm-hmm. he just right now, I just think he plays harder and run and running harder, and that's why he got he got the knob this week. I mean, Najee's going to get half the half the carries, pretty close right. to it anyway. Right. So. It's just going to be you know third downs and downs that matter. You're probably going to be looking at the other guy here. What's his name again? Jalen Warren. Jalen Warren. Tell me about him. What's his What's his skill? Is he big? He's, fast? A, he's like a bowling ball. He's, he's he's not very tall. He's probably five nine, five ten, but he's got thighs on him about as big as my head. Um, and he just has that that balance where if you get him knocked off his feet, he gets his hand down and he stays stays upright and gets moved an extra five six yards because he's just super athletic. In that, mm-hmm. and he's just he's stout. He's not a, he's not tall. He's not going to be your six foot four, two hundred thirty pound running back. He's probably five foot nine, two hundred ten pounds, two twenty. But he's just he's like a bowling ball is what it really mounts. mounts. And he's got good vision. Oh yeah, he's, okay. He's pretty darn good. So that, that seems to be the Browns' issue on defense is you get a running back with good vision, and the Browns like to run in under out of control and like hit somebody. So. Hopefully they've gotten some of this stuff under control. I think the Browns' key here is, again, going to be to stop the run and force your quarterback to beat you. You need to force Kenny Pickett to beat you. And I'm I'm liking the chances in this matchup. You know, if the Browns sit there and play some zone, primarily man, as long as you can stay one-on-one with with uh, uh, Pickens, George, right? Is that Pickens? George Pickens, yeah. Yeah, stay with George Pickens and you stay with a – couple other guys there. Just as long as you can stay on them one-on-one, you'll be okay. You know, well, I, I think if you come out of the huddle and then it's a passing situation or the passing play is called and you got one-on-one coverage with George, I think Kenny's taking that any time. I think he's been coached that. He's been announced that. every. I think all Steeler fans know if they come out of the huddle and you see one-on-one coverage, he's taking a shot with Pickens. Whether it's a back shoulder fade or they go, you know, going mm-hmm. deep. You start seeing just the safety walk over the top where he can top him, then he's going to go somewhere else with it. Yeah. Throw the ball up, see if you can get a P.I. Ravens yeah. did that a couple times last week. He's he's a freak. Like, he like he just can make catches that most people can't. Right, right. So, if we got two defenses, I think, winning the battles here, which I think is probably an accurate situation, what do you think this game comes down to then? Well, I mean, ultimately, whoever makes a big play at the end offensively. And I think the other thing you got to make sure is you're not making mistakes. Well, like that's, yeah. that's been a big thing for the Browns team is to not make these stupid mistakes. I mean, historically well, I they've you, made stupid if mistakes. Have, if you have mistakes, big mistakes throughout the game, then it may not even be a game in the fourth quarter. So the assumption for me is that, yeah, both teams will make mistakes because their defense is going to force them. But ultimately mm-hmm. who, who can make the least and then make the play in the fourth quarter. And about three or four wins, the Steelers have found a way to make the play in the fourth quarter. Every single game this year, the Steelers have been outgained by their opponents. Every single one. Right. And, and I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest with you, but I'm glad they are because it's it's fun to watch 
that defense get after the quarterback. Are, are you ever concerned that the luck is just going to run out? Well, I mean, I, I don't know necessarily that it's luck, to be honest with you. <laughs> Come on, man. You're not very fun to rib if you're not going to get into it, man. <laughs> the, the play that we tipped, we were in great position, and, and the safety came over and waited for the tip. Like everybody's saying nationally it's a luck play. It's a fluke. Well, I mean, good positioning. I tell, you, um, I tell you the play that I thought was a great play is when Kenny Pickett threw that ball backward and the Steelers guy totally missed the backward pass and the uh, Packer guy picked it up and ran in for a game-winning touchdown. And then they reviewed it and said it was a forward pass. Yeah, That, that was a great play. Hey, you can go with those plays would be great. <laughs> hey, I guarantee you look back, in, especially this year, there's plays that didn't go our way too. So, all Oh, I play. know. I, I used to, I just last week was a pretty big game with referees and officials making crappy calls. I mean, like the Ravens had these officials to the situation where they were going to make penalties against the Browns until, until the Ravens scored a touchdown. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely insane. Like, and it was ticky tacky stuff, but it was going to be a first down until they scored that touchdown. Like that was just what was going to happen. So I anticipate this again, even though it's in Cleveland, that there will be some officiating that'll go the Steelers' way. But you got to beat the refs, too. That's part of football. Hey, we, we've had to beat the refs a few times, too. Got to beat the refs. And if you, yeah, I bet you I'm going to make a prediction. Now, you can probably say this about Miles Garrett as well. But T.J. Watt's going to get held multiple times in, in the game, and it won't be called. Probably. I mean, if you see like, – oh, no you, could, you could bank your house on it. You could bank everything that you own on the fact that – at least one time, T.J. Watt's going to get held, and it won't be called. Oh, yeah. That, that's like a, a play-by-play occurrence for Miles Garrett. It's actually gotten a little better this year. They're starting to call some of it. But there are scenes of offensive linemen's forearms around his neck holding Miles Garrett back, and it's like referees looking right at it not calling a penalty. So, And then the quarterback throws the touchdown. Yeah, it's just ridiculous crap that goes on. But Jordan the stupid stuff. Twice. Yeah, the, the stupid stuff goes on, right? OBJ runs out, pushes over a defender, and then the penalty gets called on the defender. I watched that crap last week. That'll probably happen tonight. OBJ will run out and push somebody over after, like, run out 10 yards and push somebody down. It'll be a penalty on the defender. I don't ever want to wish injuries on anybody, but if the Ravens could come up with a few more besides, say, Flowers, it'd be great. I don't know. I'm just tired <laughs> of purple and black. <laughs> well... Speaking of which, let's go out of a break, and on the other side, let's talk about this Bengals at Ravens game that's going to start here in about 20 minutes, maybe maybe half hour. So let's take our break, and then on the other side, we'll chat that up. All right, hang on. Okay. A little shorter. All right, guys, we're back. Thanks for hanging out and hanging on here. Uh, Brad, Bengals at Ravens. What do you What do you like about this game? What do you not like about this game? What are your thoughts? Well, it's obviously an AFC North rivalry game. All, all, all the teams are rivals to each other. Um, the Bengals are playing really well, but it did not hurt my feelings that the Houston Texans beat them, especially late. That was pretty neat, especially when they kind of, you know, blew a lead and, and they came back and found a way to win it anyway. You know, the Bengals' defense really took a hit this last offseason, and they're really not what they used to be. When you let basically your whole secondary leave, uh, minus one player who had to come back injured, who came back from a serious injury, 
Um, you're just not going to be putting that out there. They're banking their season on Joe Burrow being able to outscore every other offense in the league while they just kind of stand there and play two-hand tap or something. Um, yeah. it, it's going to be an interesting game because the Ravens, I mean, have you watched any of the Ravens games recently? Not, not recently. Um, okay. I, so if, if you, I really watched them was when they played the Steelers. Have you noticed that they have completely abandoned the Todd Monken air raid offense? This is a no. team right now who's like second or third in rushing in the in the NFL, and they're twentieth in passing. Does that sound like an air raid offense to you? No, sounds what uh, Lamar Jackson can do as a passer. Oh, did I say that out loud? Yeah, no, that's okay. This is a, a, a Ravens hate friendly podcast. So, oh yeah, I mean I've been saying this since week three. They just pretty much up and abandoned Todd Monken and his ideas and just said, "Screw it, let's just do what we always do." You know, let's run the football. And that's all they've done is run the football and throw play action passes and say, hey, Lamar Jackson, run the football. And that's pretty much it. And it's the Lamar Jackson show. And as soon as he gets hurt, like he has every season for the last three seasons, their season's going to be over. Well, eventually he's going to have to run the football. And then he's going to take enough shots that it's going to wear on him. And it may not happen right away, but eventually it will. Well, the Browns hit him pretty good two or three times this past week when he was running. I think the I think the NFL teams I've contended the NFL teams have kind of changed the way they play defense and have caught up with people like Lamar Jackson and other players that run the football and and that is kind of negated. Defensive linemen anymore run as fast as Lamar Jackson. Of course, Lamar Jackson's thing is he's twitchy. He can stop and turn on a dime and and get you going. But so <clears throat> I don't know. I, I think coming up to this game, I think the Bengals have a chance because. Uh, Joe Burrow has passed the first four games of the season that he normally loses, and they're coming back. They're playing offense. I don't think the Ravens' defense has enough to stop that Bengals' offense, and I think the Bengals' defense is going to have a hard time, but I think this is, again, going to be another shootout game. I, but as, I, I, just, I do believe, though, when, when it all, all said and done, the Ravens' defense is still pretty good. So to say it's a shootout, might be a touch extreme, but they're too. He's got a, the Bengals got a great offense. Yeah, and the Bengals so, have good offense. You know, it's the immovable object versus the whatever the term is. That I just the Ravens they just punch in a mile and they just mm-hmm. keep coming and eventually they wear you out. But I don't know. I'm going to think about a 28-24 score. I don't know. Well, to me, that's that. a shootout for this for the AFC North. That's a shootout. This is a well, this it, is a it, division of defense, is what this is, right? I think shootouts end up in the NFL in the thirties or high, upper thirties. This one's going to be an offensive game, but I don't I don't know if it's a shootout. Well, I think the the Bengals have the better offense. I think the rules are designated to help offenses, and I think that's going to prevail for the Bengals. They've got to really sit down and stop the run, and they have to stop trying to contain Rush Lamar Jackson. That first game they played, they just contained Rush him. So they, I'm sure you know what contain Rush is, but for people in the audience may not know, a contain Rush is when you rush the passer, but really what you're trying to do is stay within your rushing lane and not get overcommitted, not not no, let the pocket find a gap in it because you went one way too far, then let the quarterback escape. Well, when they did that in the first game, Lamar Jackson was just 
throwing the ball all over the place because basically over the middle, because at that point the uh, Bengals secondary hadn't gelled. So they're going to have to let people go after Lamar Jackson. This is what the Browns did last week. They just went after him and said, run if you're going to. Let's see it happen. And then you're going to trust your linebackers to chase him down, which the Browns linebackers did because they've been drafting nothing but speed at linebacker for the last three years. So I, mean, I think the, the blue plan is, blueprint is out there to beat the Ravens. The question is, can they well, execute? I, and honestly, I, if you – and I, I, I bring up the Steelers again. The Steelers have the blueprint to beat them. They have two edge rushers that come up, so they're not going to get outside of those two. Mm-hmm. And then they have, you know, the two push, the two push D linemen up there to make sure that they don't have the escape route. And then mm-hmm. he has to throw it. And hopefully, our our DBs are better than their the Bengals DBs. So if the Bengals <laughs> want to win, they play better. <laughs> yeah, I just I just, I I do like the Bengals tonight, just because I think that offense can out out duel, if you will. The other the the Ravens offense against the Bengals defense. I and I hope you're right. I'm well, I hope so Bengals. too. Yeah. I'm on the Who Day train, even though they okay. stole that from the Saints. I'm still yeah. on the Who Day train. But Who Dat Saints? Oh, the Saints had Who Dat, and the yeah. Bengals before the Who Dat had some stupid ass stuff they said. But now you know they all got pretty decent one year, and they decided Who Day is their thing. I mean. You know, everybody steals from everybody, I guess. All I remember is the days in the 80s when the Bengals were doing the icky shuffle and they had the one year that they were good. (laughs) Have you seen Icky Icky Woods lately? Oh, yeah, he makes appearances in Cincinnati because, you know, I live closer to Cincinnati than I do Cleveland. Sure. I think he honestly could probably play right guard right now. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a sandwich shop. He was uh, coaching a professional women's football team. He had all kinds of stuff going on. Had commercials going on for a while. I don't even think his knees will let him do the icky shuffle, to be honest. Uh All right, Brad. It was cool then. then. Well, yeah. Then he got penalties in the end zone during the no fun league era. He had to go to the sidelines to do the icky shuffle. And Wow. All right, let's end the show on the Ravens hate. So what fresh new Ravens hate you got for me this week? Since you've been warned last time when you came on that you got to have some Ravens hate. Well, I just – I really can't fathom the idea that when two weeks ago the whole NFL thought the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in the AFC. When they got beat last week, I just loved every second of it because – don't anoint them. Don't crown them. They're not going to beat anybody that throws the football in, in, December, in January because the Ravens aren't going to be able to play catch-up. Right, they got to be ahead in the game to to win because they're not going to be able to rely on that clown to throw the football consistently. Which which is why they brought in Todd Monken because they can't win in January and February. Well, they never play in February, but they can't win in January because they can't throw the football. And you bring in a guy designed to give you an offense to throw the football, then they abandon it after three week week three. Can't they figure out who's the common denominator here? Why they can't throw the football? <laughs> I, I mean, they've blamed receivers. They've blamed the office of coordinator. I mean, there's I mean, reasons why receivers are begging to get out of that place. The dude literally won the MVP by running the football, got to the first round of the playoffs, and freaking threw four, four interceptions. Mm-hmm. He threw more completions to the other team than he did his team. 
Well, I mean, have you have you really looked at the Ravens' schedule this year? I mean, they've played three rookie quarterbacks on their first start. They've played teams that have been garbage. I mean, they have not been tested. I mean, they played the Browns when they had uh, their when Deshaun Watson had the mystery injury at the time and had Dorian Thompson Robinson starting with no preparation. They played CJ Stroud in the Houston Texans week one, which is like a college warm-up game, right? And then you had um, Anthony Richardson in uh, Baltimore, excuse me, in Indianapolis. Indianapolis, Actually, it was in Baltimore, but the Colts were in Baltimore. And uh, he got hurt during that game, and Garner Minshew came out and beat him. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm just saying, I don't think they had, they had the Bengals when Burrow was hurt. They had the Steelers and their quarterback situation, which is still in flux. I don't know what you guys are thinking your quarterback situation is, but it's probably as bad, if not worse, than the Brown situation right now. And now you're in a situation where like the Ravens have to actually play teams that play effectively and they're just not going to stand up. I'm pretty sure. I mean, you got, the stupid Seahawks who beat the Browns in the last second drive, right? But they got Geno Smith out there. I mean, who's Geno Smith? The only the, the only solid win the Ravens have is against the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I don't know what happened to Detroit. They just like didn't show up in that game. Yeah, like it's like they didn't make the flight to Baltimore. I don't, I don't, I don't even understand that. I mean, that game was such an anomaly. It was so weird. Like yeah. for, for, from little, Detroit's perspective, little it's like, caveat: um, our rival, the high school that I, with the district I live in, my son plays for, it, their rival is called Highland, Illinois, the, the Highland mm-hmm. High School, and that Sam Laporta went there. Then he went to Iowa, and then he got he got drafted by the Detroit Lions. So Laporta's the we're tight all, end, we're right? We're What's that? Laporta's the tight end, correct? Correct. Right. Yeah. Okay. He's a he's a rookie. He's set some uh, certain amount of games and certain amount of rookie tight end catches. You know, they can make up a, a rookie. This first rookie to do this, first rookie to do that. I'm like, guys, he's a tight end that's catching a bunch of balls. Good. He's not yeah, he's not any better than half the tight end. But I am very happy for the guy because he's he's one of those ch- small town. The high mm-hmm. school's got about 800 kids in it. Wow. 900 kids, and he played free safety in high school and wide receiver, and they put on about 50 pounds. And just, just really glad for that family and the in that community. Oh, good, good Indeed. feel good story. Yeah, absolutely. Had to throw your Mizzou Tiger in there, right? Who's that? Oh, wasn't that Laporta? Where did he go? He's from Iowa. Oh, he went to Iowa. I thought he said Missouri. No. Yeah. Uh, now, wait, wait. Wasn't Missouri ranked in the top 10? They're not. They're ninth. Wow. Yeah, good for them. All you do is got to pray for a whole bunch of losses, and got to get some raise that taxpayer money to pay off the uh, the people on the committee. Well, I can tell you this: <laughs> I had looked at it Sunday night after it came out. Thought if this happens and this happens and this happens, there is a path, but the path is about this wide in certain spots, and it's very hard to get through that path. Well, I heard uh, Connor Stallions is looking for a job. So, I mean, maybe you can get him to go scout some people for you. Well, at this point, I think <laughs> I, I think it's a it's a it's a pipe dream. But I, I tell you what, it'd be awesome to say that we went there. We were this close in 2013 
when uh, we lost to Auburn in the SEC championship. But we didn't decide to play defense the whole game. So, Well, I was about to say, you know, I mean, Browns tend to like these uh, Missouri defensive linemen, and I think they're doing pretty well. I, mean, I know Jordan Elliott got a lot of crap. Uh, coming into the season from Browns fans. And I just kept trying to scream from the mountaintops, like, look, Jordan Elliott's going to have a breakout year because he's finally going to be doing in Cleveland what he was doing in Missouri, which is a 4-3 double scat defensive line scheme. You know, get him back to doing what he knows how to do and watch him flourish. And that's what he's done. He blocked a kick list last week. You guys had Sheldon Richardson years back, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Was he a Missouri guy? I wasn't following it. Yep. 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 I mean, good defensive lineman, good technical defensive lineman. You know, that's what Jim Schwartz needs in his schemes. He's good technical guys. So my my version of Ravens hate is let's go Bengals. Go take this yeah. team down. If the Bengals can win tonight, that really levels out the entire AFC North. I mean, they're they're looking at three I wins. They're looking at three losses right now. If they lose the Bengals, that puts them behind both the Steelers and the Browns going into Sunday's game, which would make that game the, the, for the lead for of the sure. AFC North. So, you know, Bengals winning tonight's good news for, for everybody around in the AFC North, except for the Ravens, which we all hate anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> well, Brad, thanks for joining me on tonight. Well, I appreciate it. Um, hey, enjoy the game tonight. I mean, let's go Bengals. I'm not going to be times I'm going to say this, but, you know, let's go Bengals and, uh, you know, when it comes to Sunday, let's hope the uh, Browns kick your guys' butt. Well, hopefully you're <laughs> half right there and half wrong. Hopefully, hopefully tonight you're right and Sunday you're wrong. <laughs> and it'll probably come down to what most NFL games come down to, which is like who has the ball last or who can make the plays at the end of the game to win the football the game. Now, those, like you said, this game's probably going to be a, a shootout, not a shootout, but a, a bloodbath out there with people just – Defense, 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 defense. And whatever offense can really break through is going to be the team that's going to win. Well, you know, you posted earlier on Facebook about the old uh, old picture with uh, Chunk. Wasn't it Chunk in uh, Goonies? Oh, <laughs> I saw that. I just thought I'd repost it. It was pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> there's, like I said, there's no love loss. I mean, no, no. that's banging up against the friggin' turf. I saw. I saw a uh, Christmas ornament that was an automated Miles Garrett hitting Mason Rudolph with a helmet. You know, it was kind of mm-hmm. funny. Uh, you know, Mason Rudolph is from like uh, South Carolina, close to Charlotte area, right there in that Rock Hill area. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I have a lot of friends in that area. And, you know, I kind of follow the Panthers because I do have a lot of friends in that area. And we were kind of arguing about this and they're all like, oh my gosh, Mason Rudolph, you know, he's from our area, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, dude's a punk. He won't be in the NFL after the contract runs out. But Yeah, I'm surprised he's there right now, to be honest with you. I mean, he, he, he just can't play football. I mean, I probably think he's still a better player than Lamar Jackson in terms of the passing game, but I just don't think he's got what it takes to, to be an NFL quarterback. And, yeah. Two years ago, Big Ben got hurt, came in, and he had – it was the game the Detroit Lions and the Steelers tied. And I'm not exaggerating. He was standing on the 10-yard line to throw the football, and he literally threw the ball at the goal line, three or four-yard shot. I mean, it's like, <laughs> like, you can't throw a freaking ball 10 yards to win a game in, in, in the NFL? Get out of here. I was done. Yeah. So. 
All right. Well, hey, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll catch you all next week. Okay. Talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the What the Elf Was That podcast. Please like, subscribe, and tell all your friends to give a listen. You can follow host Joel Cade on Twitter at The Left Guard. 